This is Metrics and Chill, where you'll learn practical strategies to drive consistent and predictable growth. This is the first bonus episode in a new series called Behind the Benchmark. In the coming months, we'll use these bonus episodes to explore industry insights and trends pooled from our own benchmark data. In this episode of Behind the Benchmark, our CEO Pete Caputa chats with Bob Ruffalo, founder and CEO of Impact, to go behind the benchmarks and learn how he was able to be in the top 93 to 100th percentile of his agency peers. He also shares his thoughts on the future of marketing, how they differentiated from competition by holding a unique point of view, and a ton more. Hello, and uh, welcome back to another episode of Metrics and Chill. You might have noticed my voice changed. I am not Jeremiah Rizzo today. Uh, this is Pete Caputo, CEO of Databox. Uh, and Jeremiah has trained me on how to record podcasts. I think this is the first one that that I am doing as a host, so hopefully I don't screw it up. Today, I am very excited to be interviewing, interviewing uh, my friend and longtime collaborator, uh, Bob Ruffalo, uh, CEO and founder of Impact. Uh, dropped the branding, right? It's no longer Impact Branding, it's just Impact. That's right. Cool. That's right. Welcome, Bob. How are you doing? Uh, excited to be here, Pete, and please, I know this is uh, your first time doing this. Please don't screw it up. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how we go. Yeah, uh, we might have like a a, um, a little guest visit from some of my dogs uh, from time to time, but we'll go. We'll we'll do our best. Uh, so Bob and I have known each other. Um, we were just trying to figure out the exact time when we first met, but uh, 2011, uh, probably end of 2011 is probably when we you maybe learned of each other. I think you uh, became a HubSpot partner. At that time, at the time I was running and building the HubSpot Partner Program, uh, and so you became a, a pretty early partner, and then um, and then uh, we. But not early enough to get one of those five-year wood things you handed out. We, we, oh, really? We, we, we were like four years, eleven months. So you didn't give us one of those five-year wood <laughs> yeah, thing that, that like, Greg that and everybody has in their backgrounds. <laughs> you can you can blame that was probably Patrick Shea's fault. You should blame. Patrick <laughs> yeah, let's get him. So um, more recently, uh, I've been talking to Bob. He, we've launched this new free tool called Benchmark Groups that allows companies to go in and uh, compare their performance to other companies. And I've built a group of just the top HubSpot partners, uh, which includes uh, Platinum, Diamond, and Elite partners. There's a few hundred of them now, apparently. Um, I've managed to convince uh, 30 of them to join this group and what they in like three seconds, 30 seconds, uh, they can sign up, connect their HubSpot accounts, HubSpot Marketing, HubSpot CRM, and then instantly see and anonymously see how they compare to other companies. And so I was looking at these charts with Bob and Bob uh, and his team, I should say, you should probably, I'm sure you'll give more of the credit to your team. Have, are crushing it. So I'm just going to start with some of the stats uh, in a second. But today, what we're going to do is we're going to share some of those stats. Bob has been is going to be really transparent and really uh, giving here and sharing sharing his data uh, all the way from like sessions all the way through to revenue, deals close one and revenue. Uh, uh, but we're going to then talk about some of the strategic decisions that Bob and his, his team did, made and executed on along the way uh, since that 2011 to what are we, 2023. Yeah, um, so that's years. like 12, uh, I do the math there, 11. Uh, it's actually almost 12, 12 years. years. Yeah. yeah, almost 12 years, thanks. Yeah. Um, and 
and so we'll talk about some of the things that that Bob has done to to make that happen. You're at, and you're, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil some of the show here. You're at tw- almost 12 million in annual revenue last year, right? That's right. Um, and when I met you, just for just for uh, comparison's sake, were you still working on your dining room table with Tom coming over to your apartment? Is that how it was? We had an office. We had an office. We had, we had office. maybe about seven employees. Maybe you know three of them were actually getting paid at the time. <laughs> But yeah, no, we were probably only doing a couple hundred thousand dollars in revenue at the time. I mean, we were okay. tiny, tiny. Yeah. And you're, and you're at 70 some team members now. Employees. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So first of all, congrats and nice job. Um, but let's jump into some of the numbers and we're going to walk through, walk through them together. So looking at your sessions on your website, you're at a hundred last month. You were at one hundred eighty-six point two thousand sessions on your website, and for comparison's sake, the median of this group of thirty agencies uh, it was uh, four point six thousand. So you are literally—I really can't do that math. One hundred eighty-six divided by let's just do five. So almost forty times uh, the amount of traffic that the average, uh, or not just say the median, uh, in this group. And so these groups are anonymous, but by the way, Bob has agreed to share his data, but I'm not going to reveal who's in, in the group, but I will tell you that these are not chumps. Like some of these agencies are actually bigger than Bob's, uh, agency in terms of headcount and revenue. Uh, and most of them, um, are, are doing quite well. So I think we'll, we'll come back to it, but just to illustrate the point that your traffic is kind of off the charts. And one of the reasons why this, the, the chart here, I wish I could show the chart on the podcast, but one of the reasons why is that you produce, you've written so many blog posts. So I'm looking at this and the total number of blog posts published is 6,000. And then last month you published 35. Are those 35 new blog posts that you guys published last month? Bob? Yeah. Yeah, I would think uh, the far majority of it is definitely new. There's probably some okay. articles that we've refreshed and republished. But okay. I would say, um, if I had to guess, uh, 30 of those would be net new articles. We have okay. two full-time writers on staff that just write for impact. So we are certainly cranking out a lot of content. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And then I can still see you're a very avid user of HubSpot's landing pages tool. You have like 400 plus live uh, and you had 14,000 landing page views and 763 uh, conversions last month. Is that about right? Nah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And ju- just for comparison's sake, um, uh, we'll just do the conversions here. Uh, the median of the group, you're going to laugh, I think, is 15. So the, the median company in that group generated 15 landing page conversions or leads. Uh, while you guys generated 763. I will say that the top quartile in the group did 100 or more. So that means it's 25% of the sample or uh, what would that be? Like eight, eight, eight agencies in this group had at least 100 um, conversions on 90 pages, but you had 7x of that. Um, wow. So want to say anything about that? <laughs> well, you know, um, a lot of what we have in the site was built during an era when it was less competitive. The, the waters were less bloody. If you were going to say that, yeah. um, impact had a window where, you know, really the only 
company we were competing against in terms of the amount of content that was being cranked out was HubSpot. And in right. fact, I remember in the very early days, uh, John Benini would be you know one of the ones who remember this. Uh, you know, we would see that HubSpot would publish you know X amount of articles per week. So we said, well, we have to publish that many articles per week. <laughs> and of course, HubSpot yeah. had an entire content marketing team. Uh, you know, at that time, going back to 2011, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, 2011, 2012. I mean, there was probably a content marketing team over there of you know at least 10 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had one, maybe two people that were working on this, one full-time person. And you know, for a while, I think we actually kept up with HubSpot. Yeah, you know, they were going after a keyword. We go after a keyword. We were just really <laughs> trying to mimic yeah. what they were doing. But yeah. honestly, it did work because you know it put you know HubSpot would be ranking number one for a keyword, and we'd be right there number two. Yep. And the traffic, like you just mentioned, skyrocketed. Our brand awareness skyrocketed. We were known as this great inbound marketing agency back in 2011, 2012. And honestly, yeah. we had no idea what we were doing. We were just figuring it out as we were going. So um, that's that's yeah. why we have so much. And we kept that going for a lot of years. But you just mentioned there, there are HubSpot partners that are definitely larger than us, uh, revenue, headcount. Yeah. Um, so it's not everything. It definitely right. helps from a brand awareness standpoint and certainly from a trust standpoint. And when we get into the principles that they ask we answer, it helps a lot from a uh, sales and, and, you know, sales enablement standpoint. Um, but it's not everything. And there's still a lot of other ways to market and generate customers. But, you know, for, you know, the first five years of us really being a HubSpot partner, it really carried us. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I, so I think I made you a poster boy in 2012. Um, I, I don't share that blog very, very often. What's that, Bob? I said, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> I helped. Yeah, not, not everyone knows. Work. Work. I wrote a blog post. Is my point. Um, so in 2012, I had a, like a little uh, blog of my own, um, and I I wrote uh, I wrote up your story. So it would have been like six months in. In fact, yeah, it's the title of the article is "How an Agency Acquired Five New Clients in Six Months Via Inbound Marketing." And it's July 10th, 2012. And you at that time you grown traffic seven x to fourteen thousand visits, leads nine x to four hundred and fifty leads a month. So, um, so your visits were way lower than what you are now. I assume you know, we we just talked about the sessions being way up, which is obviously a little different, but close. Yeah. But your lead volume was even high back then, right? In two thousand twelve, yeah. ten ten plus years ago, you were generating almost half as many leads as you do now. Not quite, but but close. And, and a lot of that's changed. So, yeah. um, first off, we'll, we'll go back to a couple of things you just mentioned. One. Yeah. Um, Impact had a lot of lucky breaks early on. You know, I think you said you made us the poster child. I think it's just because I was doing whatever you told me I needed to do. I just kind of looked you at you. Are, you were the best student. You, you, I was you like, yes, we'll do it. The, uh, you would brought, you'd bring the apple in class and you'd say, yes, Mr. Caputa. <laughs> that was exactly right. That was exactly How right. I <laughs> and, you know, I would keep my staff late and we would go and do all the courses that you would tell us to do and we would do all the work. So, so yeah. the fact that we did that, you you definitely um, you put a lot of time into to me personally into this organization. I'm forever grateful because you've certainly altered my entire career uh, by the faith you put in me and and you know the things you've done. Um, another I mean, was, another thing that really time, kicked time well invested, <laughs> but you're welcome. You know another thing that really kicked off Impact's journey as well was an infographic. I remember so. 
you know, this is before there was a flywheel. There was a, this is before there was an inbound methodology. As we were learning inbound marketing for ourselves, uh, a few of us worked on uh, the inbound marketing process from start to finish. It's just a way for us to get our heads around it. Uh, talking to Kevin Linehan at HubSpot and you and a few others, uh, you guys advised us to turn that into an infographic. And you said, if you do, we'll share it on our, on, on our blog. And we're like, all right, that sounds awesome. So we did that and it went on your blog. So this is when inbound marketing was starting to become hot as a term. HubSpot was very hot. Right. Pinterest had just come out and that was very hot with infographics. Yep. That thing went so friggin' viral. It was unreal. In fact, one company, one of those first five companies you just mentioned said, mm-hmm. we were deep in a sales process with another inbound marketing agency. And then in their proposal, they include your infographic. So I said, I don't want to work with these guys. I want to work with the, the real experts in inbound marketing. So then they hired us and they were a client for like three years. So, you know, that infographic you the proposal so much, stage and saw your infographic and said, we're going to hire the people who made the infographic instead. That literally <laughs> happened. No joke. Um, you know, so I think there's still some so that was an example of like something, something along the way you felt you were lucky. And I, you know, luck is a combination of like good timing and hard work and you put in the work and uh i remember the infographic in fact i remember kevin showing it to me and i remember saying go talk to i think it was pam vaughn at the time pamela vaughn go talk to pamela about posting this on the blog and like pamela loved it which is which was a high bar so because she has she's really produced amazing stuff on our blog and so she went with it and i know that went it went crazy i remember that but there's still a lot of lessons that can be learned from that. I mean, first off, the power of connecting with other um, partners, influencers, people that can help you ampl- amplify your message. And the old school of just building relationships and how much that matters and how much that can matter for amplifying your brand. And again, Agreed. now in retrospect, you can see all the principles in action. Back then, I had no idea. I was like, oh, this would be really cool if they share our, 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 you know, our, our graphic. But now, yeah. you know, how powerful that was. And I, I think there's still merit in creating great content that's very timely, that people really, really want to learn and consume and pass around. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever format that is, it could be an episode on a podcast, it could be a YouTube video, it could be a TikTok, it could be something I don't even know exists yet. But mm-hmm. that stuff do- is out there and anyone can still create a, a very high-performing piece of content with a point of view, a perspective that's educational, that just goes nuts and you can build a brand off of it. And that's essentially what happened for impact. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. You guys put in the reps, like you said, you put it, you, you were matching the pace of the HubSpot blog, but yes, not every blog post, like everybody knows, not every blog post goes viral. That one did. And that, I remember that one specifically helping you. Like, I think you could literally trace retainers, like deals that you closed because of the traffic from those blog blog into that thing. So, oh, yeah. uh, and absolutely the story about millions about of dollars from using using that one infographic. Yeah. So, so yeah, luck, luck is timing and hard work. You did both. Uh, so marketing certainly changed, but let's, let's hold that thought a sec. Let's go back to the uh, benchmark data. I want companies to understand that your whole funnel is pretty well, pretty well optimized here. So if I look at, um, you know, we go from landing pages and we're kind of following the inbound marketing methodology here. Next up is email marketing. 
so I can see that you guys have quite a few. Um, you you send quite a bit of email. You should right. You've been generating thousands of of contacts, up to thousands of contacts per month. Um, and so it looks like uh, you got about nine hundred clicks from your emails. So what what's your email strategy? What do you guys do there? Yeah, um, we've done a lot of different things with email, uh, and that's people's behavior with email has certainly shifted. Um, where we're seeing the most luck right now, it's, you know, when you're in somebody's inbox, we get so many emails, you have to bring it with brand authority, you have to bring a unique perspective. Um, it's got to be recognizable, otherwise it's going to quickly be marked as spam. So we've shifted from having a regular newsletter or having other people just write it at impact to Marcus writes the, the biggest newsletter we send out. Um, oh, really? Okay. He, he, he writes it himself. He's got his style, his tone. Uh, it's very yeah. specific for our audience. Um, that's the, the biggest so everyone newsletter. Knows Marcus Sheridan is, is your business partner. Um, you guys merged um, his agency with yours. When was that? Uh, we merged uh, in 2018. Okay. And before yeah. that, Marcus is known amongst our crew of people as the pool guy. Um, the pool share guy. a little bit about his story. Yeah. So um, Marcus, uh, going to the Great Recession, uh, had a pool company called uh, River Pools. Um, as, you can mention, uh, as you can imagine, um, when the Great Recession hit, it wasn't a very good day for pool guys. Uh, immediately, a bunch of people canceled their deposits on, on pools. Uh, and within a very short period of time, maybe a few weeks or something, he was staring at bankruptcy. Uh, ba bankruptcy. Um, he had to make a decision. He can, he can do that or he could try to save his business. Uh, so Marcus being who he was, he was not going to give up. Uh, and went all in on whatever he could find to save the business, technology, new mar marketing philosophies, fully embraced HubSpot, fully embraced inbound marketing, fully embraced content, and saved his business by becoming the foremost leader on all things fiberglass pools on the internet, which then led to him being able to franchise the business and manufacture fiberglass pools and distribute them. Um, and it was a, a life changer for him. Yeah. Through that, he had speaking opportunities that came. So he spoke at Content Marketing World and Inbound and shared his story. And people would come up to him and say, hey, uh, can you do my inbound marketing for me? Can I pay you to do this? Mm -hmm. And Marcus said, no, but I can teach you how to do it. So he um, was he started an agency called The Sales Lion. Uh, and he was only teaching people how to do inbound marketing. He taught Yale Appliance and he taught Mozilla and he taught yeah. all these incredible inbound marketing. I'm a customer pieces. of Yale Appliance. They are like maybe 10 miles from my house here. <laughs> they sell yeah. like refrigerators, uh, dishwashers, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And then how we came together was Marcus never really wanted to build a large firm. Uh, he, he wanted to be out there speaking, doing workshops, building his brand, trying different things. Like he loves fishing. He loves... Right. So many, he's got so many different interests. Right. So he never wanted to scale the business. I said, I would love to take what you guys are doing here, merge it the impact. Um, and, and that's what we did. You know, around the same time he was, we were merging the business, he had just published 
they ask you answer, which is yep. his framework for doing inbound marketing. That was starting to become extremely popular. So I said, okay, you know, let's run this consulting practice and grow it. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll grow that while we run the agency and mm-hmm. doing everything that impact was known for. Yep. Uh, within the next few months, we decided, you know what, this side of the business that's consulting, mm-hmm. we have happier clients, success mm-hmm. stories, happier employees, because yeah. they, they enjoy actually meeting with clients because they're bringing value to clients by teaching them. And it was significantly more profitable. Mm-hmm. The other side of the business, we still had an employee churn issue. We had eh, clients, like we were never the best inbound marketing agency. I'll be the first to admit that wasn't as profitable as the other area of the business. So we slowly shut that down and went primarily into a coaching and training business. Everything that the sales line was doing at four people, we then scaled to a 25 person department uh, and solely doing they ask you answer coaching and training. So it's a very, very big shift for us. Okay. So like a third of the company is now do, just purely doing coaching and training for companies using that they have. Head, Headcount-wise, yes. Yeah. Revenue-wise, um, it's more than half of our revenue. Oh, wow. Okay. Got it. So yeah. that gives you a feel for the profitability. Okay. Yeah. We still have a, right, a so, web, so, so back we still have a web back. department that does about $2 okay. million, dollars, a small okay. paid media team, and then we have some other revenue channels as well. Okay. So you're still doing kind of the services that – your average SMB is ne- is never going to have the competence to do internally, or usually doesn't have the competence, like building out a website, a good, you know, attractive and functioning website, as yeah. well as running pay- paid ad campaigns across different platforms. And that, those are those are two services that yes works out well, but we even still skew that towards a consultant education model okay. as, as much as we possibly can, so yeah. that our clients are bringing as much of that in house. Um, and to your point, there's going to be something that probably will never bring in house. So yeah. we have that, but you know, we are strong believers that if you could bring your inbound marketing, your digital marketing in house, in house expertise, we've just seen it time and time again. The success is just uh, significantly higher. Got it. Cool. Um, so back back to the funnel. So we've talked about your traffic being off the charts. We talked about your level of blogging activity being off the charts, which is obviously a huge contributor to the traffic. We talked about how much effort you put into your conversion funnel so that you're capturing leads. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your sales. So give me a lay for lay the lamp for how like how big's your sales team and how that works. Uh, we've tried a lot of different things, uh, <laughs> a lot of different models. Uh, you know, up until, you know, late last year, uh, we always had like a three or four person sales team that was working our inbound leads, uh, from our website or prospecting from our HubSpot database, uh, referrals get passed off to them. And, you know, we, we would close, you know, our, our agreements, um, are typically 18 month agreements and they are $10,000 a month for, for coaching and training. That's where our sales team is heavily focused. Yep. Um, and and what, they would also sell web projects as well. Um, and they would close, you know, uh, we would close probably about 15 deals a quarter. That that's that was pretty okay. average. About like a year ago. Well, over the last year. And that's still what, pretty much what we're doing. That's, that's, okay. and that's yeah, what so we I'm look, looking at your benchmark now, just so since you brought it up, it looks like you closed 18 deals in November, which is, um, you're outperforming 69% of the companies in the group. The median of the group did eight. 
Um, so, yeah. uh, so some, some of those would be smaller deals. Yeah. Uh, right. So I, I'm counting the, the bigger ones that we would normally count. Which, okay, got it. And, and December was a, a, a really good month for us. Okay. Um, you know, it's been it's been funky with the climate right now. So November wasn't good, but December was great. January yeah. has been, you know, eh. So it's yeah, yeah I think it's, we're all experiencing little random ups and downs. It's, just, it's, it's so hard logic, to predict. Really. Yes, with no logic, you're exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But okay, so so um, so now, what's your selling motion? You now have, it's you, you very have different. We actually took our reps and we put them into our squads. So the way we're structured is we have um, three coaching and training squads. Uh, and this year, those squads have full P&L responsibilities and they're bonused on profit. So okay. what we decided to do is by having uh, our reps in the squad, they have no excuses now for not being able to hit their revenue goal because they, that team has end-to-end -end responsibilities for hitting their revenue targets and hitting their profit targets. We give them a lot of autonomy to go figure that out, but they've got to work together to retain their business. They got to work together to grow the business. They got to work together to deliver great results for clients. Um, and then okay. new business gets rotated to each of the squads, but they, they also have to go, you know, figure out how to generate their own business. So the stuff, the reps still will all meet together on a regular basis and they'll have their regular sales meetings. Um, but they are okay. dedicated to a team and everyone in the team is working together to grow revenue. So that's been a much better model okay. for us, and we're seeing. Uh, it's almost reps. like you got three, three like uh, little businesses set up internally. I think it's yeah. probably more similar to like a accounting firm or a law firm, where the partners almost are responsible for bringing in business for their teams. Except yeah. the fact that you guys generate, uh, you know, seven hundred plus leads a month and have a massive database that you can sell into as well. So. Um, we actually, in your point, we actually have six. We have six little businesses oh, inside the organization. Okay. So we have three coaching training teams. We have a web team. Yeah. We have a paid media team. And then we have our agency and, and partnerships area of the business as well. Okay, got it. And are they all responsible for managing their own funnels, their own sales they are. funnels? Yep. So they have oh, end, wow. end responsibility okay. cool. for their part of the business. Now, we have a marketing yeah. team and we have a finance and admin team. And their jobs are su to support the six revenue teams. Yeah. But, yep. they, but the, the revenue teams have the responsibility for hitting their numbers. Not They can't blame the marketing team or anyone else for not hitting their numbers. Got it. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. That's clever. All right. So um, so you got multiple pipelines, obviously, and then they're managing their own sales funnel. And, and then That's you exactly have right. smart, uh, finance admin uh, basically overseeing to make sure that you get your numbers. I'm sure that you that you guys have. Yep. So, and we have cool. a senior. Right. We have a senior team. We have about a senior team of yep. like five or six of us, and we we work with all the teams. We coach them and, and help them overcome whatever it is. Um, but okay. yeah, for for the most part, those yep. are the six teams. Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, and then it looks like your sales cycle is a lot quicker than the. Um, the, the group, the group of 30 agencies here, you're outperforming 80% of the company in this group. Your sales cycle is 30, 30 days, 16 hours, 18 minutes, and 22 seconds. Those seconds are really important on this graph. Um, but yeah, so 30, 30 day sales cycle, whereas the typical um, sales cycle is uh, 44 days um, huh? in this group. So it looks like you guys are doing something interesting there. Do you have a feel for that? Did you 
I don't know if you saw that data and, and wondered why you might be doing better. Yeah, and you talked about all the conversions we're getting on our website. Um, mm-hmm. I think what's unique about Impact too is is that they ask you to answer framework. Uh, so Marcus could right. go out and do a presentation and just you know blow everyone's minds as he walks them through the the principles yeah. as they ask you to answer yeah. framework. Somebody comes in, they're they're very very warm, saying we we we've been doing inbound marketing, but we we need to be yeah. doing they ask you answer. So that becomes a yep. very easy sale for us. Um, we also have the Impact Plus platform. That's where most of the conversions are coming from, loaded with courses. So we're educating our audience at a very deep level. They're seeing our people, hearing our people, building relationships essentially with our yep. coaches and our trainers, engage the community with other clients that are all praising they ask me answer and our coaches. So I think that all really factors in. So we get some really, really warm opportunities that – by the time we taught them, they're like, yeah, we want to sign up for They Ask and Answer Mastery. We know everything, and it's a very easy sale. Now, where our yeah. sales cycle gets longer, would say um, leads that come in off the HubSpot partner directory. So those would be unaware, and we have to really educate them on why we do our model the way we do it and what They Ask and Answer is, and that probably will take our, you know, skew, skews our, our, our average up to 30 days when a warm leak okay. close. You're, you're, we get, what you're saying is you, can, you have some one call closes. Uh, the we people do. that have maybe read the book, saw him speak uh, in the commu- in your community. Um, they get so the crates off our website. Like, it's like, yeah. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah, they've been in, on your newsletter, reading your blog, whatever it is. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So marketing uh, marketing certainly makes the sale easier, I think is, is your point for sure. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. So I think I think those are all the key the key stats. I, I was looking at like um, your deals created is um, is a little higher than the than the is quite a bit higher. It's eighty four, um, where whereas the top quartile of this group is thirty eight, and then you're basically closing 18 deals. The top quartile closes 19. So your close rate actually looks a little lower, lower. Do you think, do you have some kind of reason why you think that is? Is it because you're often not a fit? No, um, possibly, but I think just probably everyone has a different, uh, different definition of what a deal is. And for us, whenever anyone fills out a form on our website, it automatically creates a deal. And that goes into the Oh, okay. So if they request a call or something like that or whatever. Yeah. So that way we have it in the pipeline. We know we we don't lose track of it. So so that could probably be why we create more um, and close less. So then I think if you were digging to our pipeline to the, you know, accepted or, you know, um, first step – we follow the baseline selling model. So we actually call our first step first base. So if you okay. were to measure yeah. from, from there, you would probably see a higher close rate. Okay, cool. Uh, how good is your knowledge of the baseline selling methodology? I, I think I'm pretty good at it. I mean, we, we, we've been yeah, working with them for a while. We're paying them a lot of money, so I hope I learned something. <laughs> yeah, so for those that don't know baseline selling, um, uh, the book is written by a guy named Dave Curlin. Um, world-renowned expert. He was actually the first Sandler franchise before he left the Sandler system, I believe. Don't quote me on that. Um, but he's been around for a while. Uh, he has another business that's uh, a sales assessment tool that I, I love. 
I also, uh, before I joined HubSpot, I had hired uh, Dave Curlin and Rick Roberge, who had, at the time was working with him, uh, to help me learn how to sell. And so then uh, I later then introduced uh, Curlin to a lot of agency owners like yourselves. And, uh, and so I'm glad to hear that you're still using the baseline selling methodology. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, um, it's phenomenal. I mean, obviously, it's, it's great to, you know, the best advice I would have for any agency owner is to, you know, expose yourself to a, a lot of frameworks and information, whether it be sales or accounting or scaling a business. And yeah. then, you know, you'll see the common threads and things will resonate with you. So for, right. for me and for our team, the baseline model just makes so much sense. But we also use elements of the challenger sale. We use elements of gap selling. We, you know, so many other frameworks are out there right. that have all helped us. Yeah. I like the concept of the challenger sale, but it feels like a, a could be an ebook instead of a book, my personal yes. perspective. Um, I, but I love Keenan stuff on gap selling. That's great. Yes. So, um, all right. So it feels like selling is a is a uh, a priority, and you have systems for it. You have multiple people in the team, or multiple teams, I should say, who are involved yeah. in, in the selling. So that you must have like really removed you from the selling process. Is that is that true? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm very blessed. That I have such a great team. I'm very much removed yeah. from any day to day to day. Um, you know, that's something I've worked really hard on to empower my team to think like business owners, be treated like business owners, be rewarded like business owners. Uh, and, yeah. and, you know, it also took a lot of training to get the staff to the level where they, they can do that. Um, certainly, it's it's a challenging world right now. So they're all feeling it and they're feeling the pressure, but they're feeling the same pressure I am. So we're all in the same boat together. But you're absolutely right. I mean, they they are all relentlessly focused on on, on hitting their numbers. Hey, just a quick interruption. In past episodes, you've heard guests give advice like... The first step is just like actually measuring and monitoring, right? Which sounds very fundamental, but a lot of companies don't even do that, right? If you ask for like, hey, do you have a monthly kind of report of like what's happening in the funnel? It's like, oh, well, we have this over here and we have this over here and we have the traffic data and GA. So the first thing I think is like build out, you know, a presentation uh, that you're updating every single month. Or it's way easier if you have all this stuff being centralized somewhere and can look at it. And I promise that's completely unprompted. We try to book smart B2B leaders and learn how they're driving more predictable growth. And they end up sharing advice like that. And Databox makes it easy to do all of that and more. You can track your marketing, sales, revenue, and CS performance all in one place. It lets you build custom dashboards and view metrics from over 80 tools side by side. You can schedule PDF reports that automatically update your data in real time and send to your team or your clients. You can even set up custom Slack alerts that alert you when you hit your goals or when numbers spike or dip. If you want to try it totally free, just go to databox.com or click the link in the show notes. Okay, back to the episode. And they really want to do it and they're, they're innovating they're thinking of things I would never think of. Um, so yep. my job has shifted much more to being a, a, a coach for, for as many of these people as I can be. And the same thing with my senior team. Uh, mm -hmm. Coach these guys, keep their heads on straight, keep them focused, work on the right things. Um, tell them sometimes to take a break. Uh, so so I'm very lucky that I get to, to be able to do that. Um, yep. But it took a long time to get there. It certainly did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have a few more years of the CEO uh, hat uh, 
wearing the C hat than I had CEO hat than I do. Um, and so it's like you've, you sounds like you've reached the Holy grail there where, um, where you can set, set the guard, set the, set the vision and the strategy, set the goals or OKRs and, and then assign, assign the right OKRs to the right people. And I'm sure, yeah, I know you're busy. Talking. I know you're stressed at times. You're not, you're not always, you're not oh, yeah. on easy street, but, but it seems like you've built a great culture there. I didn't know that was, it took you a while to get there. A few, a few ups and downs along the way. So. Well, you, you, you pick up things as you go. I, and I remember a, a podcast episode, um, I think it was The Hustle with Halligan on there. And yep. they asked him how he focuses on growing the business. And he said a couple of things that really resonate with me. He said, you know, I want to have a marketing business that's this size. And he picks a target. He goes, I want to have a sales business that's this size. I want to have a target. Right. I want to start a op, ops business, whatever it was. He went around and he picked targets. Right. And yeah. that's where he signed, and, and he made sure they had the right resources, yeah, every, the right teams. Every target was a, was a billion dollars. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yes. I'm sure. But then he also, he's like, I, I, I got out of the way, and I stayed very, very high level. Um, and then, yeah. But then he also goes deep. He goes, certain areas I'll go deep, and certain levels I stay high level, and there's probably no in between. Right. And that, I think yeah. I learned a lot from that, and, and I try to bring that to yeah. my style of management as well. Agreed. Yeah, and I can tell I can tell you that Brian did not always say high level, and there was times when he when he was in shorts. Um, but yes, I think over time he learned how to step away, and now he's fully stepped away and is the chairman of of HubSpot. So, um, so yeah, he's 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 a good one to emulate for sure. And I I, I would be lying if I uh, didn't give him credit for teaching me a number of things as well. So when you, when you talk about like timing and hard work, I think about this a lot actually. Um, but yes, I was extremely lucky to get hired at HubSpot. It's like a, a bunch of series of random, random uh, connections and relationships, and then and then yes, I was fortunate to be in that position to be able to figure something new out there and build out the the, the partner program. But there's a story. Obviously, there's a story there when you think about it. Last year at Databox as well. So yeah, you know, and, and just like you know, us starting our agencies or you you know joining D Databox when you did and and your early yeah. staff there and. HubSpot, there's no guarantees that any of these companies are going to make it. I mean, there oh, are definitely, sure. you know, it, it takes a lot and most of them don't succeed. Most agencies will close up shop. Most SaaS companies fail. You know, right. and the fact that, you know, you guys put the work in and learned what you did. I mean, there's a lot to be learned learn from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. All right. So going back to the numbers, I think we covered all the numbers. We went through sessions, went through the blog post volume, landing pages and, and lead conversions. We talked about number of deals created, your sales cycle, the amount of uh, deals closed. Um, so I think we covered it all. And like there's on every one of those charts, uh, you are outperforming. Let's see, 100 percent, 100 percent, 100 percent, 97 percent. Somebody has more landing pages than you, believe it or not. Um, 100% of landing page conversions, contacts, 100%. So you're you're basically, deals created, you're a little lower, 93, time to close. There's a few people that close a little bit faster than you, but they might be closing two deals, two deals or three deals a month, so who knows. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so you're, you're crushing it. On the deals close one, you're at 69% of the companies in the group. So let's talk a little bit about some of the other decisions that you made along the way that you think helped you go from you and Tom and a few employees and John and a few employees up to uh, 
up to up to the twelve, you know, to almost twelve million in revenue last year and seventy some employees. And for those of you who don't know, John Bonini, the director of marketing, DataBox, used to work at Impact. Um, that's actually how I originally met John, uh, and uh, uh, because working working with you guys when you were when well, I John, John and I grew up on the same street. We used to yeah. play basketball together when, as you know, five year olds. So yeah. Okay, and I'm gu- I'm guessing he was uh, slightly slightly more talented than you at basketball. I think he's got you by a few inches. He'll uh, no? he'll say that, yeah. <laughs> No, he, he he definitely was a better basketball player than I was. I, I will I know, he's most certainly give him that. <laughs> but I didn't know that. I didn't realize you guys grew up down, literally down the street. That's funny. Oh, yeah. Five houses away from each other. Yep. Okay. All right. So yeah, we've but, already yeah. talked about your marketing and how you kind of went all in on that early on. I don't think we need to rehash that. But walk talk us through a little bit of how you think marketing's changed. Because you're obviously still producing a lot of blog content. But you know, you, your your ROI on that is probably like plateaued to some degree, right? You're maintaining yeah. it, you're investing in the future. Um, you know, it, it it helps your organization learn and demonstrate credibility. So it maybe it has impacts in your sales cycle, helps you close deals a lot faster, which is and uh, easier, right? Which is yeah. certainly has a difficult to measure, but definitely an ROI. Um, and so walk us through though, like how your marketing has changed over the years and what you think. Like if you were to do it, like you have to start today or start maybe two years ago, like what would your strategy look like now? Yeah, if I was, um, if I, okay, start starting with the content. Um, it, it's just way more competitive now. I think, you know, companies are being bombarded with digital marketing from agencies or similar businesses. Uh, there's yeah. a plethora of of you know, articles on every single topic and, you know, email, social, you know, it's not like you have to go look too far to go find information. Um, and honestly, it's created a lot of noise and a lot of distrust in the industry. Um, so it, it's much harder to do that typical inbound marketing funnel in our industry where someone lands on a blog post, they get value out of it. They want to convert on that, that blog article, dive deeper into more content and then go and, and start a sales conversation. Uh, we used to see that happen all the time. That's really, really dried up. And I think it's more the state of, of the world that we're in and the industry that we're in. So if I were to start over right now, you know, I would just get back to down to the, the root basics and really how we got our early clients before we did inbound marketing and, and how most businesses have to get their early clients. And that's just networking. And it's like, not being spammy salespeople, and um, but being humans, like meeting each other like you and I met each other. And how can I offer you value, Pete? How can you offer me value? How can we help each other, you know, and, and caring about each other as humans? Um, I think we, we've, too many salespeople have forgotten how to do that. In fact, they, they, it's amazing how many salespeople just come across as robots and they do these things they think they need to be doing. Either it's laziness or it's, um, bad messaging from senior leadership and, and expectations like hammer out emails, hammer out emails. I'm sure there's a lot of bad advice out there. Just keep hammering, hammering, hammering them. And just the amount of damage that that does to a company and a brand and how demoralizing that is for sales reps and just how awful of an experience that is for everybody. I think we all need to get back to thinking about each other as humans and building relationships and seeing if there's a way we can help each other. And if there's not, no problem. 
but just having more conversation. And I think that's probably easier said than done, but we all do in our personal lives. Like most people have close friends and, and significant others and, and we're able to build relationships in our personal lives. Like why can't we do that on the professional side as well and have professional networks that are just as close and tight knit. And, you know, if I was starting a business tomorrow, I'd say focus on that first and the business, the, the sales opportunities will come from that. And then use those relationships to help you get more business, you know, and, yeah. and that's where I think Halligan talks about the flywheel and, you know, Yamini did that whole presentation about how important community is. And I told Impact, like the way we're going to win through this economic climate that we're in right now is take care of our customers and, and you know, make sure that we're doing everything we can to support them, do special things for their peers and their groups and, and use that channel. And that's where we're going to get all of our revenue opportunities. The content and the marketing are going to support that, but it's not going to start the engine. It's going to, it's going to help move people from stage to stage. So, so I don't know. I have some very strong thoughts on prospecting right now. And, and, you know, as I'm, I'm helping lead our organization through, through the next few months, um, that's, that's where we're putting all of our energy right now. Yeah. I actually wrote a LinkedIn post just yesterday um, about like the importance of uh, word of mouth. Someone wrote an article about like five visualization tools uh, that you could use. And the top one and the one he like recommended was us. Um, yes. And, and in the article he wrote, uh, uh, I've been following Pete Caputo, the CEO of Databox and their director of marketing, John Benini, for a while now. And, and when I started to write this article, I was asking people what, I, what tools I should feature. And somebody said, check out Databox. And so it was this combination of like him having some awareness of me and John and yeah. then and roughly what we did. And then somebody else, presumably a user of Databox, it recommended recommended us. And I don't know if you do self-reported attribution, but Jeremiah actually, our, our podcast host, our normal podcast host, yeah. just implemented uh, uh, some self-reported attribution where we ask people on our call booking forum when, when they book a call with our sales team, we ask them, how did you hear about us? And uh, not I don't have the numbers like uh, in the top of my head, but like the second most common response was something related to word of mouth. Yeah. Um, usually, a, you know, a friend, a colleague, an agency you used to work with, or, or we, I used to use it at my previous company or whatever, right? But it's because we did a good job of delivering a good product. I'd say a great product, delivering a great service. And they, they remembered that somebody remembered that enough yeah. to recommend us to somebody else. Um, and so that is, that is like always been marketing. I think, you know, back in the day when before the internet, and people would spend money on yellow pages and other stuff uh, that you'd call them and they'd say, how'd you hear about us? And they say, oh, I saw you in the yellow pages, right? And then they'd write that down and add in the yellow pages. And the owner knew, all right, I got to keep my ad in the yellow pages because that's where I'm getting my business from. So we're doing that in a digital way. And a lot of it just happens to be word of mouth. And I'm pretty sure that was probably true in 1990 before the internet as well. Uh, yeah. And, so. and one of the interesting things about attribution though, especially right now, when people are holding on to their money so much tighter and it requires such a higher level of trust and perceived value 
before you ever make a transaction, before you ever make a purchase, that it takes a lot of touch points. And it's almost impossible for someone to remember all the touch points that sure. led to that one decision. But it's the fact that I've known Pete, I've known right. John, I feel like I know these guys so well that if I'm gonna give anyone in my business, it's gonna be these guys because I believe in them and I trust them right. and I know they're gonna take good care of me. That yeah. matters. And I think John has done a yeah. phenomenal job of that his entire career of actually being able to build an audience that really loves following his stuff. And so have you. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's not easy to do, but that requires agency owners or business owners in general to be able to come with a, a unique perspective of something of value that people actually care about. It's fresh sounding to them. It's, it's valuable because there's so many pretenders out there. And, and I think the market is getting very smart that if you're just another me too, and you come off like a Mr. Me too, or Mrs. Me too, and you know, no one wants to do business with people like that. It's, you know, that's where you're going to be the bottom fears and you're going to win on price and you never want to win on price. Right, so right, you've right, got to, right. you got to have something of significant value for people who want to do business with you or even have a conversation with you. Yeah. Um, you started referencing it earlier about the point of view, but I'm going to come back to that before we go there. I want to finish the marketing conversation because you, you went off on a really good rant around like the importance of serving your clients well and getting word of mouth and, and, and yeah. to the point where you're asking and you're putting your, you know, your team is putting themselves in a position to help your clients contacts, right? Speaking at an event or whatever, or speaking to their association or just asking for referrals. Like there's an element of that that's not really marketing, but more of just networking and, and getting referrals. But you also still continue to produce a lot of like you do a lot of marketing and to me, it feels like it's shifted. And I was surprised actually to see that you guys published 35 articles last month. I would, I assumed that you had dropped your volume because I know you do podcasting. I know that Marcus and you, but especially Marcus posts a lot on social and they're really awesome posts, thought provoking posts. Um, and then I know you mentioned that Marcus does a newsletter and that's your most successful thing. And I know like the only things that I read of emails are newsletters written by people. They might work at a company, but but like I'm looking for somebody with that point of view. And so you're doing a lot of that stuff that I consider like a word of mouth accelerant because it's coming from your team and it's allowing the experts on your team to kind of shine, right? You have a handful of podcasts that are done by different team members. Like, I don't know, am I getting this right? Or, or if I am, yeah. you, can just, you can nod and we can move on no, to the next. I, I think you're right. And I think impact throughout our entire history, we've been pretty good at helping people build their personal brands. Whether we've done it intentionally yeah. or not, it's happened. You know, John was probably the first. Uh, but then after that came Karina Duffy with, you know, she got very yeah. known in the HubSpot space and Liz Murphy and uh, Mariah Anderson did. And, you know, we've had a lot in, uh, and we still have people on ours. Zach has a huge brand. And, you know, yeah, so I, I follow Nick, Nick Bennett too. On Nick LinkedIn. Bennett is building his right now. He's yeah. phenomenal. Um, yeah. So, so again, I think that's just a value too for, for us that we have all these people that are known for something known for a perspective and their voice and everyone benefits, everyone wins because yeah. of that. Cool. All right, love it. All right, so let's move on. So the, the second big thing that you mentioned earlier was they ask you answer. I can see, people won't be able to see this, but I can see it up on your perfectly framed background there. You have two of the books laying down and one standing up so that it's perfectly in your frame, in my frame. 
Uh, so Marcus wrote the Ask You Answer. I know he's got another book coming. Can can I mention what that's on? On world class communication. Communication. Right? Yep. Um, and but uh, that and you already explained earlier that like they ask you answer is was a a pivotal thing for you that allowed you to create like a almost a second very complementary business um, that uh, is more profitable, ultimately more profitable for you. Uh, and you mentioned it's like a, a third of your staff, but half of your revenue. So clearly do the math and, and there's yeah. a bit more profit there. Um, and so that was a big move for you. Uh, uh, I think, I think we've covered it. Is there anything else to add on that? Uh, but there is, it, it's connected to the next thing I want to ask you about. Yeah, and you know, I just did a, a, a workshop um, for agencies and has scale, and we we beat this up pretty good. Um, what they ask me answer does for impact, especially when Marcus is out there and the books becoming more popular, more companies are saying we do. They ask you answer at our company, yep. which is the whole thing we were trying to accomplish. Is that other companies say we need to be doing they ask you answer, and it really makes us a market of one. And that's what's very, very unique about it and what that does for us. Um, yeah. You know, if you want to go do inbound marketing, you know, every town at this point has an inbound marketing agency, no matter where you go. Every country, yeah. there's, there's, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of inbound marketing yeah. agencies. And when we first became an inbound marketing agency, we were a market of maybe 30 when we became a HubSpot right. partner. Right. Um, but that's, that's drastically changed. Yep. So we, and that's also for a lot of these agencies have become price commoditized because of that. Now, some of them have really uh, been able to um, carve out a niche for themselves or differentiate themselves. Mm -hmm. And if for us, they ask you answer. And so we've built the entire organization around that. We have a big, hairy, audacious goal of 10,000 businesses all over the world thriving with they ask you answer. Every okay. product, every service, Everything we do, every person we hire is en route to accomplishing that mission. And uh, not it's not for everybody, but for the people it's for, it's, that's, that's what we're focused on. Um, yeah. you know, we've, we've certified 35 businesses. We have a long way to go to get to 10,000. Yeah. So you that, certified that um, your coaching clients or you certified other people to go and execute the they ask, teach that they ask you answer? Which so uh, it's businesses that are thriving with they ask you answer. So okay. we actually so you certify them. them as like one of 35 of your 10,000. So you have a long ways to go. And obviously you've yeah, worked with other clients, but you've got this bar really high, it sounds like. That's right. Okay. But that led to us building yeah. a, a, uh, a train the trainer, train the coach model. Right. So other agencies can bring they we'll, ask you answer we'll, to we'll their get, clients. We'll, we'll get to that. So. Uh, okay. But I think what you said is really important in that uh, they ask you answer differentiates you, right? Not only is it a book that has sold lots of copies and people talk about it and people have implemented it and it works for them, but um, it's it allows you to say something very different than what other agencies say. In fact, almost the opposite. I, I don't want to uh, – it's been a while since I read the book. Um, but so I don't want to bastardize the concept, but one of the concepts in the book, and I think a core one, maybe the core one, is that companies should not outsource their content creation to an agency or anyone really. They should learn how to do it themselves. Uh, right. Obviously, you practice that. You have your whole team. You rattled off like seven people that are out there doing doing marketing, you know, under the impact umbrella in your company, and and you're putting people at the center of the marketing. 
And so yeah. that is one of your point of views, right? Now, obviously, that flies in the face really hardcore um, against other inbound marketing agencies. And I know it pisses some of them off, um, too. Uh, so that, but I think that point of view allows you to also attract people like, yeah, we should be the ones talking about our business. How can I possibly get somebody else that doesn't live and breathe my client's problems or my problems or well, my solution and, and talk about it, right? And with, right. with credibility. So, and I know the companies that do it like Yale Appliance, for example. And one of the reasons I know about them is because they do inbound marketing really well. Um, and, and like, I didn't even consider buying a dishwasher from someone else when I needed a new dishwasher. So, so that point of view, I think, is that is the key there, right? Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, and listen, we've seen it for ourselves. We brought our, you know, full-time content creator on our team. We just took off. Uh, yeah. HubSpot, we watched you guys do it with your yeah. in-house content team. You didn't outsource it to somebody. It was really yeah. well thought out content that, Definitely had the the tone, the style, the soul of the organization, and everything you put out. Yeah. Um, Yale Appliance is a great example because Steve Scheinkoff, the, the the CEO of Yale Appliance, writes all the articles because yeah, it's literally his perspective. It's it's what yeah. his data, what he's seeing. Um, Got it. And it's, it's so empowering for an organization that we could train this content manager who gets so passionate about growing their own content program. They do it time and time and time again. And we've all, on the agency side, when we were an agency, I'm sure you know, a lot of agencies will, will you know, feel this. When the clients don't understand and value the content as well and they want to change everything, your writers get beat up and the content becomes soft and safe and ineffective and you know, it's repurposing a lot of stuff that's already out there. It just doesn't work like it used to. It doesn't work really at all. Yep. And that's our perspective. And it's what we've seen. That's what our data shows. But with all that being said, you know, Southwest Airlines is a very different airline than American Airlines. And both models can work. We just take the, a very, very strong stance that we're, we do things differently than than all the other HubSpot partners or many of the other HubSpot partners. Yeah, content marketing. And that's, that's okay. Right. Any, yeah, anybody. Yep. Got it. Cool. Um, and so they asked the, you answer. Um, you mentioned a few seconds ago or a few minutes ago that uh, you've started teaching other agencies and other, you know, experts out there to um, use they ask you answer with their clients. So right. I know you've been you've always been very um, giving with sharing what you do and what you're doing with other agencies, but now you have actually a formal program i know um dia on your team has been leading that out who i've known for a while for probably just as not maybe not quite as long as you but close um and so tell me a little bit about that program what you guys what your aim is with that yeah well so our aim obviously is we have this mission Ten thousand businesses yep. all over the world thriving they ask you answer and we believe companies are running on they ask you answer they do that well mm -hmm. uh they're going to be more trusted by their audiences they're going to grow better so, so we're really excited about that. But that's a big mission, and we're not going to be able to do it on our own. And the last thing we want to do is take customers from our peers, right? We're, we, we love this community. Right. So we thought to ourselves, you know, and plus we also there's some really strong bonds with clients and agencies, and that's great. Yeah. So could we create a channel here? Can we train other agencies, other coaches, other consultants how to deliver they ask and answer services 
let them license the IP and bring that to their clients so they can certify their own clients okay. um, and we'll get there faster. So, uh, so that's the product we created. Uh, it's very, very ba much based on the coaching style and principles that Marcus Sheridan teaches, mm -hmm. which you alluded to earlier. Um, so we do lots of role plays, lots of practice, but we also have the whole library from Impact Plus of all the courses and, and learning materials. Um, and uh, so you get to bring those to your clients and, and we teach you how to deliver mastery with your clients, but we also allow you to innovate your own services around the Ask You Answer, your own okay. price points. So this has been an initiative that we've been working on for the last couple of years. Uh, I think we have somewhere around 30 to, to 40 uh, certified coaches right now that have graduated the program with more okay. people enrolled. Uh, some larger agencies like Media Junction have been going through the program yep. as well. And they're going to bolt on a They Ask You Answer uh, uh, um, department it. at their yeah, business. It's a, it's a good fit for them because they're – they're largely a web design and development firm and they don't want, they don't do a lot of content marketing. I don't think for clients. Right. And so this That's is right. a good, a good complimentary thing. And, uh, so it fits really well for, with their model. It seems that's so awesome. We're, we're excited about it. And yeah. it's been going really well. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, that's an area where I've heard from some of the uh, agencies that, have, that are in it or going through it. And one of the things that they point out to me is that, it feels like regardless of whether they offer content marketing services, like hands-on content marketing services going forward, it, what your framework and the stuff that Marcus teaches through They Ask You Answer, uh, and maybe a little bit of his upcoming book, is that they feel in more control of the relationship where they're truly directing it, like a consultant or an advisor should, in that instead of the client saying, I want this done and I need it done by this, it's more of the agencies coming and saying, these are the things that need to get done. Um, and you're going to do these things and I need you to hit those timelines so that we can do these things. And that so you can hit your goal that you've set that you want to hit. Exactly and right. so you're, you're reframing the conversations and giving the consultants, the agency account managers, whatever that are going through your training, giving them the tools who, to manage those, that communication, both pre and post sale. Uh, is that, is that a pretty good explanation? You said better than I do. That's perfect. <laughs> Okay. And um, and the the, the best part about that is how empowering that is for your staff to be right. in a position where they can feel they are leading a client, they're bringing value to every single conversation. For the yeah. client to look up to them and say, "Am I doing this right? Is this right? Help me, guide me." Yep. It's so such an empowering thing. Your people are going to love it. It's more profitable. Your staff will stay. You can pay them more because it's just it, the model works beautifully. Yeah. Um, we've seen it and, and now we're seeing it with the companies that we're teaching. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Um, I think we covered everything that we were going to cover here. Um, do you, oh, I wanted to wrap it up with the revenue. So, so um, I can see deals close one amount. Uh, in here, you're uh, outperforming 62% of the company, which means your average deal size may be a very, very small amount lower than 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 the, the group uh, in this group. Um, but you're above the median uh, by quite a bit. The median is uh, 103,000. Now that's just December. I don't, the benchmark doesn't look at your annual revenue or anything. Mm. And I, I know you're actually at uh, just under 12 million in, in annual revenue. So, and you mentioned earlier that you have like eight revenue streams. And obviously I know the one, we know the one, which is coaching and consulting of clients through the They Ask mm -hmm. Answer model. And then of course you're doing 
web design uh, for clients still, paid ad management for clients. Uh, I know you're make, generating some revenue through uh, the certification program for the other agencies. If somebody wants to learn how to use the Ask You Answer with their clients. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's four. Was that four? One, two. Yeah, I think yep. that was four. Uh, so we so have membership. We have our, our membership uh, channel. So we have our, our individual memberships with Impact Plus Pro. And then we have our business level membership. So Impact Plus for business or Impact Plus for agencies, which is okay. company level. Yep. Uh, we have obviously our HubSpot commission, which is pretty sizable at this point after being a partner for over 10 yep. years. Uh, we have um, something new. So we built the Impact Plus platform from scratch. Uh, so okay. we built the entire system. Uh, we've had a lot of requests for other companies asking us, can they white label our software? So okay. we are going to slowly but surely enter doing that and spin that off as probably a separate SaaS company uh, called Empower. Uh, so if anyone knows anything about funding or raising money for a, a software company, please let me know. Um, so we're excited about that opportunity. Um, and I th I'm not sure if you mentioned the uh, the certified coaching program. Uh, that's another yeah, channel for that was, as well. That was four. So you, and you got the membership. So tell me a little bit a little bit about the memberships. Um, what is it that people get? That? So uh, Impact Plus um, on the individual side is $7.90 a year. Access to the community. We have mastermind groups. You get access to the entire library of courses. And you get access to a whole bunch of uh, scorecards and other tools to help you do the Ask Me Answer inbound marketing. Okay. Um, when you get to the company level, uh, what gets added on there is uh, access to our, uh, our events. So we do two in-person summits a year. So the next one is in May. It's called the They Ask You Answer Summit. So at company level memberships, your tickets are included uh, in your membership. Okay, I see. So um, I, I think you saw this, but um, uh, when, I, when I wrote a post on LinkedIn announcing that you would be on the podcast and sharing one of your, just one of the numbers that, that we shared today, uh, around how much traffic your website gets. Um, one of our mutual great friends, uh, Greg Lindemanstens, who's the founder and CEO of, of Wider Group, um, another marketing HubSpot and Databox partner. Um, and uh, his response was, it's not fair to compare impact to, to other agencies. Uh, he had a, a bunch of things there. I think he might've been three drinks in. Um, but that was one of the, he didn't say it that way. He said it a little more professionally, but he basically was implying that you're a media business now um, and that you're a training business now and that your business um, shouldn't be compared to an agency. And I'm not sure that's actually true. I think you're still marketing in the very same way. In fact, he he shared that he was in the group and that his he thinks he was second. I don't think he was, but he said that your traffic is about four or five times as much. So he still has a lot of traffic because remember yours was like 40 X the median of the group. Um, so, but what he was, what he was implying there was that like you have so many revenue streams and, um, and your media company and therefore you have to, you have to do all this marketing uh, and all that. But what do you think? Do you think it's a fair comparison? First off, I love Greg and he's one of the smartest people in this entire space. Um, what I would say is actually, and P, I told you this too, our traffic is actually down uh, from what yeah. it used to be. Uh, we did a domain change a few years ago and it probably hurt us, but at the same time, we also got rid of content that wasn't really helping us. But at one point when we were an inbound marketing agency, 
back in 2017, we were getting about a half a million visitors to our site per month. Wow. Okay. So take that, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So here's what you're saying is you're at ADX. Um, but I, like you have all these ambitions. I think you're opportunistic in a way, but you also have a vision of where you, 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 know, you guys want to take the business. Yeah. But you know, the, the spinning out the community software might be opportunistic. But you also, you, you'll always have multiple revenue streams, it seems. It's like you're not going to get so. rid of the like certain things. It sounds like you're, you're committed to marketing yourself and committed to, to monetizing it in multiple ways, which I think every, every business should, especially once you get to a certain scale. So I yeah, would challenge you know, Greg and all the other agency owners out there to think a little bit more like a media company um, and think about other ways that you can, you can generate revenue. And he is, he is, yeah, I know. I, he, you know, he was being tongue in cheek and yeah, obviously yeah. if he's generating that, that much traffic, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. And yeah. again, we got very, very lucky by doing this early and, and having a few lucky breaks, but yeah. um, it's not, it's not easy. And, and not all that traffic is going to do much for you. And again, we, we talked about earlier, there are much larger companies in this space than we are mm -hmm. that don't generate anywhere near the amount of traffic we do. So what does that say? Right. All right, man. Thank you very much for coming on. I, we went way over. Um, Jeremiah is going to look at this one and say, "Shit, that's too long." But, um, <laughs> but I thought it was uh, it was interesting to get your insights on all the things uh, that you've done over the last ten plus years to grow your business. So thank you very much. And, for and Pete, and I, I, you know, I said it earlier, but I'll say it again. You, you've been such a mentor to me and in this entire community. Really, I mean, the amount of humans that you've impacted their lives for, for the significant greater, like I wouldn't have the life I, I have today if it wasn't for you. And I know there are thousands and thousands of other agency owners in this community, just like me, that, that credit a lot of our success to you. So thank you for everything you do for this community and everything oh, you do for, for all of us. You're going to make me cry on my own, my own podcast. Um, but, th but thank you for saying that. Uh, it, was, it was actually, I got a nice comment from Marcus, your partner there the other day saying like uh, on something uh, on the on the post where i was announcing this podcast and he said something very similar that i'm still at it and i like i'm not done like to me i'm i'm in um uh, i'll borrow a halligan quote I'm, we're in early innings um he used to say that all the time even when yep. after the ipo it's still early innings uh and i feel that way about my my mission to help agencies and agency owners um grow their business and so that's why we've built the benchmarks tool. I hope that everyone will go and check it out. Benchmarks.databox.com. It's a passion of mine. My hope is that that it can help agencies see where they're where they're uh, underperforming and also help them uh, uh, figure out how to how to increase or improve their performance. And that's our that's our mission there. So so our product and our marketing and our our CS team and sales team they're all aligned around that. And so thank you for recognizing that. And I will like you did earlier, give credit to my team, both here and HubSpot, as well as your teams for taking taking the ball and running with it and doing all the hard work. So, all right, we'll wrap it up. Thanks, Bob. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.